Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Well, we're starting off about talking about mind monsters, and I want to tell you just a little story. When I was a kid, I had trouble sleeping. And the bad news there is that I still have trouble sleeping. Any, any troubled sleepers out there? You know, if you get four hours in a row, you're proud, like you've done a good thing, right? I've been that way since I was a kid. And I remember I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would just be scared because in the room that I slept in, there was this big window and I would let my mind go to these thoughts of this fox man outside my window coming to try to attack me. A fox man, okay, right? They don't exist, right? You know that. I, don't, I know that. I knew that then, but there was something about it. I saw this fox man in my head. And it was, you know, Pinocchio, the fox that's in charge of Pleasure Island, you know what I'm talking about? The old cartoon? That was the fox man. That was him. He had the big green hat, and he was terrifying. And the worst part was, was that I, um, if, if the blinds were open, I would want to get up to go close the blinds because I didn't want to think about him being out there, but I just knew that the moment I got up to close those blinds, he was going to jump out and scare me and then come through the window and get me, right? You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know that feeling that just a little bit scared as a kid, and uh, I knew that there wasn't any, any such thing as a fox man. My parents told me there's, there's no such thing as a fox man, but my mind was telling me something that wasn't true. I knew there wasn't. I knew the truth. But my mind was telling me something that wasn't true. It was lying to me. And there was this kind of fog and there was this disconnect between what I knew was true and what I was experiencing in my own mind. And I've seen this happen with my kids. I've got, I've got three kids now and my two girls are old enough that sometimes they have bad dreams or they have fearful imaginations about things that are inside their room. And, you know, it's mostly harmless stuff. But then we've gotten into a, a new territory. One of my children recently started developing uh, this anxiety about going to school. Um, to the point that she would almost have panic attacks the night before. And we talked to her, and we were trying to figure out, baby, what is going on here? And we, we, you know, we asked a lot of questions. We talked to her teachers, talked to the guidance counselor. We did all of these things. And what it boiled down to was, at school, she had felt like everything was safe, everything was good, and then she had a friend really betray her trust. And the moment that happened, it made her just kind of question the safety of everything. And so for weeks, she was just going through these things where she was scared to talk to people, scared to express herself, scared to go to school, scared to go into classes and look people in the eye. And we're like, sweetheart, it's nothing to be afraid of. But her mind was telling her something that wasn't true. There was a disconnect. She, she knew it wasn't. She knew that she knew the truth. And then she knew what her mind was telling her, and there was just this disconnect and this feeling. And I just, it broke my heart. It was the first time as a parent, I really couldn't just come in and fix whatever it was. And she had to work through this thing. And the thing is, that's her first taste of a mind monster. How about you? Have you ever had a feeling like that? Something that it was in your mind, and you knew maybe it wasn't true, but there was just this disconnect between what you knew was true and, and what your mind was telling you. Anybody relate with me? All right. That means that you're human, and that means you have mind monsters. And that's what we're talking about here in this series. We're talking about mind monsters, and we're talking about how to destroy mind monsters. Talking about how to get rid of those things. Um, mind monsters, let's talk about what they are. A mind monster is a negative thought invader. It's a negative thought invader that sets itself up 
in your mind. It is a negative thought that comes. You don't want the thought. I didn't want to think about the fox man anymore. I didn't want to think about him. But he just comes in. It's funny. I'm an adult now. And even still, if there's a window open at night, sometimes, I, you know, if the, if the blinds are open, I will still think about that fox man. And I just kind of laugh at myself. I'm not scared of him anymore. But it's still there. It's crazy how it works. It's crazy how it works. It's a negative thought invader. And they look a lot like this. They look like this. Check out this list. Here's what mind monsters look like. They look like worry. They look like anxiety. They look like fear or fearful imaginations. They look like depression. They look like despair. They look like anger. They look like insecurity. You ever felt insecure? They look like shame and guilt. These mind monsters will take your mind places that you don't want to go. See, every thought that you have takes you somewhere. It's going to take you somewhere. And the mind monsters take you places that you don't want to go. And that's a problem. This is a big problem because it's a big problem because what happens in our mind determines the happiness and enjoyment that we have in life. What's going on in your thought life determines the rest of your life. It's a big, big deal what's happening in your mind. And so you have to, you have to, you have to take control of that. Craig Rochelle, a great pastor, um, has written a book. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And if this is something, as we go through the series, if you're saying, you know, I need to dig deeper in this, you need to look up that book. Write it down in your notes. Craig Rochelle, which is a fun last name, but you'll find it. Just like type in Winning the War in Your Mind. That's the book. And this is kind of his main point in that book. He says, your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is going to move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Where are your thoughts taking you? Are they taking you somewhere positive? Are they taking you somewhere you want to go? Or do your thoughts take you places you don't want to go? And we're going to explore this throughout this series, what these mind monsters do. You see, there's a battle in your mind. Most of the, the battles and the turmoil that you feel in your life, that, that's raging in your life, it's in your mind. You know, we don't do a lot of physical fighting with each other these days, hopefully. None of y'all here. But we do a lot of fighting in our mind. We do a lot of battling in our mind, especially within ourselves. The thing is, these mind monsters, they want to control your life. And they are at war in your mind. And you can get stuck with them. You can get stuck with them for a long time. And so the question becomes, how do we get rid of the mind monsters? How do we get rid of these things that we don't want in our mind? And that's that's the whole thing. That's what we're talking about through this whole series is how to get rid of mind monsters. And today, I'm going to talk about step one. Okay, we got three steps that we're going to go through, but today we're just going to focus on step one. Okay, step one. Are you ready to hear step one of how to get rid of your mind monsters? The first step is that we have to recognize the mind monsters. We have to recognize the mind monsters. And some of y'all were just really let down because you were expecting something that was just going to blow your mind. And you're like, recognize the mind monster. Okay, Andrew, like, that's what we're spending all day on today. And the answer is yes. That's what we're spending all day today on. How to recognize the mind monster. Because it's like, I recently had a conversation with my oldest child, Adele. As y'all know, the war in Ukraine is raging and we are praying for the people of Ukraine we're praying for the people of Russia, and we're praying that God will protect them and bring peace to our world. Amen? <laughs> praying against evil. And my daughter, Adele, I thought, you know, she's kind of old enough now to be clued into some of the world news. And so I started telling her about war and what war is. And she had this question, Daddy, 
what does war look like? So I said, baby, sit down here. We're going to watch Saving Private Ryan really quick. (laughs) Just kidding, I didn't do that. Now, what I said is, uh, baby, let's talk about that tomorrow. That's what I said. And she said, no, dad, like, what, what, how do they know who they're fighting? That was her question. How do they know who they're fighting? Who's on their team? I said, oh, they have uniforms. And I showed her the uniforms of different armies and what that looks like. And I have to tell you, your mind monsters aren't going to be wearing uniforms. They're not wearing uniforms. As a matter of fact, your mind, your mind monsters are camouflaged to your DNA. Like they are blending in. And they'll even make themselves look like your friends. It reminds me of Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. Y'all, the way they named those things, Thin Mint. Thin. It's like, I want to be thin, right? I want to, I want to be thin. Mint. Mint is good for me. I love mint. It's, it's helpful. Like, some of y'all have mint oil, and you put it in your tea. Like, mint is a good thing. So thin mints. But I have to tell you, the name of those cookies is, is it's fake news. It is not true. They will not make you thin or healthy. And they cram them into that sleeve so it feels like a serving size is a whole sleeve, you know? Like, at least the other girls got cookies. They space them out. But those thin mints, they cram them in there. You know what they should call them? They should call them thick mints that make you fat. That's what they should call them. Mind monsters are like Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. They, they disguise themselves as your friend. You think they're on your team. You think they're fighting for you, but they're not. Let me give you some examples. Here's some of their tricks. You think that lashing out in anger at someone is going to make them realize that they need to change. Right? You think that stressing over your job or stressing over school or stressing over your family is going to help your job. It's going to help what's happening at school. It's going to help your family, right? You think that defending your actions every time somebody brings criticism to you is going to make you look good. It's going to make you look better. And some of us, we think that staying at home and avoiding social situations will keep us safe from germs or keep us safe from being hurt by other people. All these ideas that these mind monsters, you see, they start to plant themselves because we think that it's going to help us, but the truth is, are they helping us out? No, they're not helping us out. What's even crazy is we can even take on the identity of our mind monster. Some of you may have said statements like, I have, or you, uh, you say, I have anxiety, or I am depressed, right? No, you... You don't have anxiety. You aren't depressed. You're dealing with anxiety. You're wrestling with anxiety. You're fighting depression. It's not who you are. These mind monsters are not who you are, right? And so you see, finding these mind monsters can be really tricky because, like we said, they're not wearing uniforms. And so how do we do it? How do we find these mind monsters? You see, because it's also hard because they live in this place called our mind. Let me tell you just a little bit about your mind. Your mind is the connection between your body and your soul, okay? You've got a brain, and that brain is mortal. It's going to die. It's eventually going to fade away. And I'm sorry, y'all, this piece of hair just really wants to be right here. I've been trying to do something new, thanks to my barber, Eric, but this piece just always so, y'all just forgive me as I, as I swoosh it back. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Josh always makes fun of me for doing that. Um, so I apologize. It's, it's bothering me. I know it has to be bothering you. I just wanted to mind monsters. Whew, okay, all right. Your mind is the connection between your body, your mortal body, and your soul. It's between your brain and your immortal soul. Your brain will die, but your, your soul, I'm sorry, your spirit will never die. It's a connection between your, your body and your spirit. And so you see those mind monsters get in between there. They get and they're hiding in that space. So how do we get rid of these mind monsters? And we're going to go to the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to chapter 10, verse 3. We're going to look at what God says about these mind monsters through the apostle Paul. Now, Paul is one of my favorite people in the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament. And he's also the person who wrote the most about mind, about dealing with your mind. There's a lot of great passages that we're going to be exploring throughout this series, but today we're just focused on this one. And this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he's dealing with Christians who are having wrong ideas about his ministry and wrong ideas about God. And he's, and he's telling them what they need to do and what he's planning to do. And here's what he says that we need to do. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5, through 5, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. You've got a body, but the, the spiritual war that you're engaged in, your body doesn't help you with that. You're, you're engaged in a spiritual battle. He says this, we walk in the flesh, but we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. They have divine power to destroy strongholds. I want you just to put a bookmark right there. We're going to come back to that verse. I want you to look at this next verse. Verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought, every mind monster captive to obey Christ. That's what Paul's telling us today. Our ultimate goal in this series is to capture these mind monsters and make them subject and obedient to Christ. That's our goal. So we got to recognize these mind monsters. How do we do that? Paul tells us right in this verse. He says, a mind monster is anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You see that? He says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? That's a nice, fancy church word. You know, it sounds great. What is the knowledge of God? It's very simple. The knowledge of God is what we know about God. And as Christians, what we know about God comes from two places. It comes from the Bible, and it comes from our experience. And I just want to share you a few things that I know about God from the Bible and from my experience. God is faithful. God is true. God is good. God is holy. He is set apart. There is nobody like him. There's nobody beside him. He is just. He is merciful. He is slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. That's the God that I serve. That's what I know from the knowledge of who he is. And the knowledge of God also teaches us about ourselves. It also teaches us about who we are. The knowledge of God tells us that, that we are created with the purpose. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We, he knew us before he even formed us in our mother's womb. He loves us. He died for our sins. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He wants to set us free. And he gives us strength and he gives us mercy for each and every new day. That's the knowledge of God. That's the knowledge of God. And these mind monsters set themselves up at war 
as a stronghold against those things I just read, against what we know about God. And they're fighting in your mind, and they're trying to hold you back from from being what God has called you to be, from doing what God has called you to do. So I just ask you this simple question today. What thoughts do you have that are at war against the truth of who God is? What thoughts do you have that are at war against the truth of who God is? What is it that's fighting for your mind? Some of us have the mind monster of fear. And it says, you're never going to be able to do that. It's never going to work. This is impossible. Nobody's going to like it when you do this. It's just, it's not going to work. You're a fool for even trying it. That's what the mind monster says. But the knowledge of God tells us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? The mind monster says, the mind monster of anxiety, it says, you know what? You need to be afraid. You're not safe. You need, you need to just, just hide away. But the knowledge of God says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Right? The mind monster of depression says, you don't need to make any new friends. You don't need to open yourself up. You don't need to be vulnerable. You don't need to share your hurts or your feelings because nobody wants a broken friend. Nobody wants to be close to you because you're so messed up. And you get lost in this mind monster of depression. But you know what the knowledge of God tells us? It's therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's what Paul teaches us in this verse. And to capture these mind monsters, we have to recognize the lies about God and ourselves that these mind monsters are feeding us. But I got good news for you. You don't have to do this alone. You're not alone. And that's where we're going to go back to this verse that we read before. Verse 4, it says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy the strongholds of these mind monsters. Divine weapon. You know what your divine weapon is? It's the Holy Spirit. In another another book of the Bible, Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and he's telling them all about the armor of God. And he goes through this whole list of really cool things like the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. And he goes through this whole armor, but he only mentions one offensive weapon, one weapon to use on offense. And you know what it is? It's the sword of the Spirit. And Paul says it's the sword of the Spirit. And then he says, which is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is here to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is here to to protect you, and it's here to attack the lies of the enemy with the Word of God. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is going to help bring to mind everything that God has said to us. And you need the Holy Spirit in your life, helping you find these mind monsters, because that's how you're going to destroy them. You're not alone. You've got a helper. You've got a protector. You've got a comforter, and it's the Holy Spirit. It is a divine weapon to help you destroy the attacks of the mind monsters in your mind. Amen? And just like the mind is the connection between your body and your spirit, the Holy Spirit is your connection between who you are and who God is. Between you and God, that's the Holy Spirit. It's connecting you. And the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is Jesus said this. It's because some people, some people get really worried about oh, getting the Holy Spirit, making this big deal. Jesus said, if you being like 
mortal humans want to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does the heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who will ask? Jesus wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He wants to. And he said, all you've got to do is ask. All you've got to do is ask. If you want help fighting mind monsters in your life, you just ask God to fill you with the Spirit. And Jesus said, God will. He wants to. It's a promise. He'll do it. So now what? Now what? Okay, right. Positive thinking. That's great, Andrew. Okay, I got the Holy Spirit on my side. Now what? Now what do we do? How, okay, we recognize the mind monsters. It's great. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go mind monster hunting, okay? The rest of this message, we're going to go hunting for mind monsters. Any hunters in the house? I know, hunting season's coming to a close, and y'all are all sad and stuff. It's, like, it's okay. We're going to hunt, go hunting today. We're going to go mind monster hunting. So I've got a little homework for you, okay? And we're going to kind of play this out a little bit. The way we're going to do this is we pray for the Holy Spirit to help us on this hunt, on this search to recognize these mind monsters. We ask the Holy Spirit, help me find the mind monsters. Help me do it. See, in war, you have to study your enemy. You have to study them. You have to figure out what's going on with them. What are their patterns? What do they like? What do they not like? And your mind monsters are the same. You need to study your enemy. Study your mind monsters. Start to look for patterns in your mind, patterns in your thought life. When a negative thought arises, it brings feelings along with it. Anytime you have a thought, it's bringing a feeling along with it. And this is your indicator, okay? For you this week, this is your indicator. When a negative thought comes, you have a feeling arise, I want you to do just a few things. I want you to take that feeling and I want you just to scratch a layer deeper below the feeling, okay? I'm going to tell you how to do that. You see, your feelings are like a check engine light, okay? If you have a feeling of insecurity, okay, or if you have a feeling of anger, okay, you're taking care of your kids, right, uh, and you have anger arise in you, or maybe you're depressed at work, okay, you have, that's, that's just a check engine light, okay? When you start to feel insecure, it's just like, you know what? You're feeling insecure. You need to look at this. You need to check this out. You're getting angry because you're taking care of your kids. You know, what's, what's that all about? You need to look under the hood and see what's going on here because you're having this feeling. You're feeling depressed every time you walk into work and you're sitting in the car before it just, for, you know, sit there for 20 minutes because you don't want to go inside. Y'all, I've been there before. Y'all ever been there? You just sit in the parking lot. It's like, ah. It's a check engine light. It's a check engine light. You don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. That's a check engine light. But the problem is this. Some of us make our feelings the drivers. We make them the drivers of our lives. You start feeling insecure at work about your job performance, so you, you begin to gossip and bring other people down to make yourself feel better. You put insecurity in the driver's seat. You're taking care of your kids, you start to get angry, and you let anger get in the driver's seat, and you start taking out all your wrath on your children, or on your family. You're depressed at work, so you know what? You just start drinking on the side, just so you can feel better. You let, you let the, the feelings and the mind monsters get in the driver's seat of your life. And the thing is, your feelings and those mind monsters will drive your life right off a cliff without a moment's notice. My girls love this little book. It's called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. Yeah, some of y'all know the book. Don't let the pigeon drive. It's a great little book. It's super fun. And the whole thing is this. There's this pigeon that wants to drive the bus. And throughout the whole book, you're flipping through. And he's like, hey, can I drive the bus? 
And the kids are always like, no, you can't drive the bus. He's like, please let me drive the bus. And they're like, no, you can't drive the bus. And the whole book is just that. Don't let the pigeon drive the bus. And I want to tell you guys, don't let the mind monsters drive the bus. Don't let your feelings drive the bus. It's a check engine light. It's a check engine light. So as we think about these feelings, as they pop up in our life this week, I want you to do this. I want you and the Holy Spirit to sit down with these feelings and I want you to cross-examine them. Ask them a question. I actually do this all the time. When I'm feeling insecure, when I'm, when I'm feeling anxious, I take that feeling and in my mind I say, okay, you need to go sit down over there because this, you're not your feelings. You can detach yourself from your feelings. And it helps a lot when you do that. Okay, I say, okay, insecurity, you sit down here. Holy Spirit, help me figure out why is this here? And I ask insecurity, insecurity, why are you here? And most of the time, my insecurities answer is, I'm here because you want to do a good job, and also you're comparing yourselves to other people. You want to do a good job, and you're comparing yourselves to other people and how good of a job they've done. Okay? Two things. I want to do a good job. That's good, right? We can keep that. I want to do a good job. We should want to do a good job. Comparing myself to other people, the Bible says that is stupid. The Bible says that's foolish. Comparing myself to other people is a terrible idea. And so what I do is I cross-examine it, and the Holy Spirit's there helping me. I say, okay, God, let me know that I am yours. Let me know that you've given me everything that I need, and let me know that, that I am enough to do a good job, and that I can do a good job without comparing myself to all these other people. So you cross-examine your feelings. You just take a look at them. And so I want to just kind of walk us through what this looks like in our lives. You know, if you're feeling insecure a lot, if you're feeling anxious a lot, you probably need to monitor your social media usage because social media doesn't help us, guys. It just doesn't. As much as I would love to tell you it's the best thing that's ever happened to us, it is not. We're more depressed, we're more anxious, we're more lonely, we're more isolated, and those things build up mind monsters in your life because you're on Instagram scrolling and you know what you're thinking the whole time? They went to Cabo again. How do they do this five times a year? Their wife runs five businesses, right? Like their husband, he's amazing. He can do woodworking and he does all these amazing things. What does my husband do? Nothing, right? You have these thoughts. My dog can't do tricks like their dog does tricks. My vacations look terrible compared to their vacations. That's what happens when you get on social media or else you see the latest outrage and you just get enraged over things that you can't control and things you can't do anything about and things that will not affect your life one little bit. And then after you get off of there, you feel this incredible wave of guilt and shame because you've been neglecting your family, your kids, or your spouse, or whoever's there in the room with you. It's just it's this endless cycle. Social media doesn't help us. It, it, it will help us develop mind monsters more than anything. It's funny, we pray for peace. God, give me peace in my life. And now I'm going to get on here and I'm going to scroll and, and develop all these things, right? It doesn't make any sense. Where is social media taking your mind? Remember, your, your life goes in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Where is social media taking your life? It's probably taking you to depression, insecurity, anger, all of these wonderful mind monsters. And parents, I want you to listen to me. Parents, listen to me. Your kids are looking at you. And they're watching how you interact with technology. Grandparents, your kids are looking. Your grandkids are looking at you. Even your kids are looking at you. Your relationship with technology will affect their relationship with technology. 
Put on screen time filters, okay? Make sure you're not spending, you know, an hour, two hours a day on social media. Y'all, when I first started checking my social media, I was like at three and four hours a day. It was, it was crazy. I'm thankful it has dwindled now. I spend probably about 20 minutes, 25 minutes a day on there with my screen time. And even that makes me sad and angry and depressed and enraged and all of those things. It's just not healthy. And you say, I need to be informed. I got to know what's going on. No, you don't. You are informed. You know everything you need to know. If there's a major thing, you're going to find out about it from your friends. You know, like they're going to text you. Like you don't need to be that informed. Don't let the mind monster drive the bus. Don't let the mind monster drive the bus. You need to lean into the knowledge of God, not into the pattern of this world. Amen? All right, mind monsters. They also bring up phobias. Okay? If you deal with anxiety, you might have a phobia. And this, I just want to talk briefly about phobias. I have a really close friend who has a phobia of throwing up. It's called a metaphobia. And this friend of mine, uh, over time, we realized that this, they, didn't know it was a, they didn't know it was an actual phobia, uh, because the thing is this, how many of you here want to throw up? None of us, most likely, unless you have a different kind of phobia or disorder, right? But like, it's just, none of us like it, and so they thought it was normal, their reaction, but they literally would rather die than throw up. That's what people with emetophobia hear, and if you have a emetophobia here, I apologize you're having to hear me say the word throw up, because I know that even that bothers you, right? But they had this phobia, and it was debilitating, they didn't realize how debilitating it was. It led them to an eating disorder. It led them to a, a, feeling, a feeling of uh, fear of being pregnant. And it led them to being fearful of social situations. And it was just debilitating and isolating them. And finally, they realized, you know what? This is a real phobia. And they started getting help. And they started talking about it out loud. There's something about saying your worst fears out loud that takes the power away from those fears. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're, having, if you're dealing with the phobia, start saying it out loud. There's help for you. And I, I highly encourage, if you need therapy, get therapy. It's, it's not a bad thing. Therapy is good. And if you're, having a, if you're dealing with the mind monster of anxiety, look and see, is there anything below the surface that's going on here? Don't let your phobias, don't let your anxieties drive the bus. Let's talk about your job. You got any check engine lights going off at your job? The thing is, there's insecurities that come up at work. They're huge. They're big. We, we can feel so insecure about who we are at work. And a lot of times, this presents itself as gossip. You ever notice that so many people in your office, so many people working with you are gossiping all the time? They're talking bad about the boss or bad about their coworkers or bad about so-and-so. You know what that is? They're scared and insecure about who they are. So they just talk about somebody else to make themselves look better or keep everybody from looking at them. Right? That's what happens. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, she said, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. Here's the thing, raises and promotions don't come to complaining Carls, grumbling Garys, cynical Sallies, procrastinating Patricks. I've got more, don't worry, I've got more. <laughs> Angry Anns, fretful friends, downer Dans, and pessimistic Pams. They're not getting a raise anytime soon. You got to break out of the cycle of your mind monster. Ask your employer how you can be a better employee. It would probably blow their mind if they had an employee ask them that question. And whatever they tell you, don't start deflecting and blaming other people. Take it and do something with it. 
get out of the cycle of the mind monster that says, I'm not good enough, I'm insecure, if I can just get by or if I can just prove this or prove that. Get out of that, get out of that. Lean into the knowledge of God that says, I've called you with a purpose. I have purpose for your life and you are enough and you can do this. Amen? Your friends. Do you have a group of friends and a text thread that you need to quit? <laughs> you only need text threads you need to quit? They just make you feel bad. They're always either being negative or talking about people or talking about things that just take your mind somewhere you don't want to go. You got a friend that leaves you feeling worse every time you're around them? What about friends that bring out the worst in you? They, they, they bring out old thought patterns and they, they take your mind places you don't want to go. And students, I'm not as cool as Pastor Tito, but I just want to take a moment and tell you, your friends that you're making right now will determine the direction of your life. Okay? Friends you're making right now because they, will, they can put mind monsters in your life and make you start feeling things that you don't need to feel early. Anxiety, depression, all of those things. Anger, rage. Who your friends are, they need to be leading you into the knowledge of Christ, into the knowledge of who God is. That's what you need in your friends. You might say, I'm just a kid. It doesn't matter who my friends are. You're wrong. You're wrong. That's not true. Get good friends. They'll lead you into the knowledge of God and who God is. Don't let the mind monsters drive the bus. Lean into the knowledge of God. I just got two more things I want to talk about, and then I'm going to close. The next one's your family. Do you have any mind monsters that come up when you're dealing with your family? Thing is, your family is your greatest sphere of influence. Your mind, your mind affects your life first, the most. Okay. But second of all, your mind affects your family. How healthy your mind is affects your family deeply and drastically. It's so important for you to realize that. And this is your greatest sphere of influence. You know, I've seen people lean so far into ministry that they've neglect their family, or they lean so far into their job that they neglect their family. And what they didn't realize is that their family is the greatest place they're ever going to have influence in their life. It's the greatest place of influence. Here's the deal. I get frustrated with my kids. I get frustrated with my kids, and I love them to death, but they frustrate me sometimes. They frustrate me. I know I'm not alone. Some of y'all look at me like, okay, I know I'm not alone. My kid, oh, I got an amen. Hey, yeah, okay. But I've learned a mental exercise, okay? I got another mental exercise for you guys. When my kids are, I had to do this last night. When my kids are frustrating me, when they're frustrating me, I stop and I say, okay, what if I could be 72 years old right now, the 72-year-old version of myself, and I could go back in time and stand in my skin right now and look through my eyes right now at my kids who are currently driving me nuts? What would I do? Those of you who are 72 and older, you know what I would do. I would cherish them. You see, me right now, I'm ready to get them in bed as fast as I can so I can go veg out on my phone and watch my Netflix and relax because I'm tired and I'm stressed and I'm worn out. But that perspective comes in and it says, these children are meant to be loved. These children are not meant to be rushed and pushed around like they're a problem. They're meant to be loved and to be cherished. And a mind monster of anxiety and selfishness 
can rob you of the best years of your life. If you have young children living in your home, you're living the best years of your life and you may not even know it. I look at my wife from time to time. We have three kids, seven to nine months. And I look at her from time to time and I say, baby, this is it. It doesn't get any better than this. Like this is as good as it gets. And all the grandparents said, it's as good as it gets. My parents tell it to me. This is as good as it gets. And it's hard to believe sometimes because you know what? I want a bigger house. <laughs> I want nicer cars. I want, I want all these things in my life that I don't have. And I think if I just get that, then I'm going to be happy. If you got young kids in the house, let me tell you, these are the best years of your life. And the mind monsters will rob you of it. They will rob you of it if you're always just fight, fault finding in your children. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me when I'm tired. Don't point out every mistake your kids make. You don't have to be hard on them just because you're hard on yourself or because somebody else has been hard on you. Speak kinder to them. Speak softer to them. Be patient. Give them five extra seconds to do what you ask them to do. Tell your kids you love them. Tell them you love them. That's the knowledge of God. That's the knowledge of God that says these children are precious. Jesus stopped what he was doing. These kids were bothering the disciples, and Jesus said, and the disciples were like, no, these kids are trying to get in. And Jesus said, no, 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 let the kids come. Let them come. Let them come. They're precious. And he used them. He said, if you're not like one of these kids, you're not going to make it into the king of heaven. Kids are important. And the last thing I want to talk about is your marriage, Okay. Your marriage. Do you have any mind monsters in your marriage? You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you recognize the lies of the mind monsters in your marriage. Look for that check engine light. Look for that check engine light. Because what happens in our marriage a lot of times is it's just this game of fault finding. It can become this game of who, who's, who did what last? Can I get the upper hand? What do they owe me? What do I owe them? It becomes this thing of checks and balances and trying to figure out who is in control or who gets to go out with their friends this weekend because you went out to, with your friends last week. You know, this becomes this kind, of, this kind of back and forth, eye for eye, tooth for tooth thing. And that's a mind monster of jealousy. And that's a mind monster of insecurity, trying to protect what is yours, not trusting them, not letting them be who God's called them to be. You're just trying to control. Those mind monsters can eat up your marriage. They can eat it up. But what you need to do is you need to set them free and you need to look. Instead of trying to fault find the whole time, I want you, here's your homework for, with your marriage this week. See if you can catch them doing good, okay? I don't care what it is. If they take out the trash, awesome. If they don't, don't say anything. Just take out the trash. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. You can take out the trash. If you see them making, if they bring you a cup of coffee or if they cook you a meal or if they pick the kids up from school, if, if they wake up in the morning and say good morning, whatever it is, I want you just to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you goes a long way in a marriage, especially over the little things. If you let the little things go and thank yous only come for the big things, you're not even going to feel like saying thank you for the big things. You have to have this attitude of gratitude and putting gratitude instead of fault finding and insecurity in your marriage, you can't let those mind monsters drive the bus. Lean into the knowledge of God that says that Christ, how, this is how you're supposed to love your spouse, as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He laid his life down for the church. He laid his life down for you and me. And that's what we're called to do in our marriage. That's what needs to be driving our marriage, not the mind monsters of insecurity and fear and doubt and anger.
Amen? So here's a question. What if we all did this? What if this week, every one of us did this? What if you had done this five years ago? What would your life look like today? What if you started today? What would it look like next week? What if you took those, that list, insecurities, anxiety, fear, depression, anger? What if you started looking those things right in the eye and saying, okay, why are you here? What are you doing here? What if you looked those mind monsters right in the eye this week? What if you recognized them and started saying, you know what? I'm going to bring you captive to the knowledge of God. What if we took our anxieties to the knowledge of God's faithfulness? What if we took our doubts and insecurities to his truth? What if we took our addictions and showed them the power of God? What if we took captive, what if we took captive our depression and our hopelessness and we showed it God's goodness and his unending love? We need to take every mind monster captive and make it subject and obedience to Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening today. I have, I have a confession to make. Everybody gets nervous when the preacher says, I have a confession to make. The confession is this. I wrestle with a mind monster all week long. I kid you not, every time I write a sermon, I hear things like, you're dumb. You're stupid. You have nothing to say. No one wants to hear what you have to say. You should probably just quit. And I'm being 100% real with you. I almost called Pastor Bo and said, bro, you just preach this one. You got this. Because my monster of, of insecurity eats away at me all the time. And here's what's stupid. You ready for this? You'll come up to me after the sermon and you'll tell me I did a good job. And you know what my mind monster says? They're just telling you that because they feel sorry for you. And you're probably thinking, Andrew, you need therapy. <laughs> and you're not wrong, I probably do. <laughs> Therapy's great. If you need therapy, get therapy. I've been in therapy, it helps. But you know what helps too is the Holy Spirit. And when that mind monster pops in there, when that mind monster of insecurity pops in there, I just stop and I say, God, you've called me to do this. You're the one who put me here. I put the knowledge of God and I take that mind monster of anxiety and I say, this is what Jesus said about me. This is what Jesus said about me. I don't care what you say about me. This is what God has said. We have to battle these things. If we peeled back everybody's mind, if we peeled back the curtain on everyone's mind today, we would probably see a lot of the things that we're talking about today. But I know I'm not alone in that feeling. I know you deal with those feelings and, and, and bigger ones and harder ones. Some of you have been living with my monsters for years, so much so that you've become numb to it. 
You can't even recognize it anymore. You even think it's your friend. But today, I just want you to simply recognize it. Just try to recognize it. That's step one, recognize it. If you want steps two and three, come back next week. We're going to get to them. The first step, and what I want you to focus on this week, is to recognize the mind monster. And that's what we're going to do as we close the service today. I've asked them, I just want them to play really softly. And I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to begin to search your heart, search your mind, listen to the click that's happening in the back of the room. Thank you, Nick. You're doing a great job, buddy. So as they play, I want you just to close your eyes, search your mind, search your mind for those mind monsters. I'm going to read a scripture as you have your eyes closed. And I want you just to repeat this scripture after me. This comes from the book of Psalms. It's a prayer. It says, search me, God. Now let's start that again. Search me, God. And know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now I want you just to be really perfectly still, perfectly quiet. Nobody go in and out. I want you just to look through those things we talked about today. What do you like at your job? What do people see when they look at you? Are you defensive all the time? Are you critical? Are you negative? Are mind monsters keeping you back in your career? What do you like at home when nobody else is looking? It's just you and your family. Nobody to impress. They're just there. Are you angry? Is anger driving you? Is it in the bus? Is fear? Is depression? Just look right now. Look in your mind's eye. What about your marriage? What's it like when the two of you are alone? Is there insecurity, jealousy, worry, anxiety? What's going on there? This week, I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, God, what's going on there? Insecurity, why are you here? Jealousy, why are you here? Holy Spirit, reveal to us, God. What about those friends? What do you like with your friends? Do you have any friends that bring out the worst in you? Do you have any friends that make you feel terrible about yourself? Are there any mind monsters growing in that area? What mind monsters are you wrestling with? Do you battle fear? Do you battle anxiety? Do you battle depression? And I want to tell you that you need to take those mind monsters captive. If you don't take them captive, they will take you captive. Take them captive and lead them to Christ and lead them to the knowledge of God. But the first thing you have to do is you have to recognize them. You have to recognize them. So I want you just to do this right now. Just to say, Holy Spirit, help me recognize the lies of the mind monsters. That's it. That's your prayer this week. That's your homework this week. As we close the service, I want to ask our prayer team to come. And as they do, I want to talk about one specific mind monster. 
That is the mind monster of despair. You feel lost. You feel hopeless. You feel like there is nothing good left in this life for you. And you feel like God could never love you because you've just messed it up so much. If there is a God who created me, there's no way he loves me because I've messed up everything he's ever given me. You feel hopeless and you feel lost in despair. I want to tell you something. I have good news for you today. The Apostle Paul wrote this. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 38. He starts off by telling us that Jesus Christ loved us so much that he died for our sins. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then he says this, verse 38, chapter 8, verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. If you're here and you're feeling lost and you're feeling broken and you're feeling completely abandoned and you feel like there's no way God could love you, I wanna tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We could, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Andrew, I wanna give my life to this loving Jesus you're talking about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna give my life to this Jesus you're talking about. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I need you. Help me surrender my life to you. I give it to you. I submit to your will because it's better than mine. Today, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I am a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Life Church. All of heaven is rejoicing.